a good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rul Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. All right. It's a distinct pleasure to welcome to our podcast today uh, Sabine Bonora from uh, Medel in Innsbruck in Austria. Um, Sabine, welcome. Hello, Ruth. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure to be here. Oh, well, absolutely. Um, and I must admit that this podcast recording is a result of a failed podcast recording at IMAX Frankfurt earlier this year, where we had a fantastic conversation, but nobody will ever know about it because I forgot to press record. Exactly. Uh, that was that was fun as every conversation we had before. So let's do it again. <laughs> exactly. So Sabina Bonora, as you can see uh, in the link below this podcast, is head of ICM International Conference Management at Medel in uh, in Innsbruck. Maybe uh, Sabina, can you tell us a little bit about what Medel does and what your role is there? Yes, exactly. Medel is a medical device company in Innsbruck, Austria, with the headquarter in Innsbruck with about 1,500 employees. We do cochlear implants and middle ear implants for deaf people. This is not uh, somebody using a hearing aid as an amplifier for hearing, but it's if somebody's really deaf. So this is a real, really cool medical device uh, that is actually replacing the sense of hearing in a deaf ear. And what I'm doing is I'm the in-house PCO for this company with my team. We are 16 people now, and we organize ENT and surgeons and audiologists conferences, speech therapists conferences, and uh, research conferences all over the world for the company Medel. That's no yeah. small task. And something that most auditors might not know is you were actually the very first initiator when the Event Design Use Event Canvas wasn't even known uh, to the degree what is now nine years later right um, that you decided to say let's bring this to our team let's design our pinnacle event i want to see how this works in practice and we were very grateful for you taking that initiative sabina thank you well it was uh, always great you know talking to people that are uh, passionate about what they're doing and you and Roel of course were also one of these people that I love talking to and uh, exchanging ideas and when you came up with this uh, event canvas idea I thought great I will this is what I need because uh, doctors conferences are boring they are always the same I want to step out of this and make it more creative and make it more interesting for the for the participants and uh, getting them on stage and putting them in the center. And that's what we did together with you, which was a great uh, journey, I have to say. And the feedback was uh, lovely. Yeah. 
Well, we're, we're delighted and, and sharing the case study is something that um, we're, we're, we're happily doing because I think as a pioneer of this with your team, what we noticed is that um, this innate need to innovate comes from a company where the, um, the company owner, right, your, your owner, the person you've been working with for a long time, is mm -hmm. actually the inventor of this cochlear implant and has actually, you know, built this um, uh, built this on a very mission-based and very very driven um, uh, mission for the company. And I, I for one, I'm always in, in awe as to how that is being done. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so tangible, the outcomes of even this first event design that we did together uh, is, to me, always a case study to know how important it is to understand your stakeholders carefully. Exactly, and also, yes. And also to know when to uninvite a certain set of stakeholders to an event because of changes in the context around the event right but we'll we'll get to that a little bit later exactly. let's 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 now sabina uh, sabina what is something i mean people will see your linkedin profile they they mm -hmm. might connect to you what is something they might not know about you um when looking at your profile i'm not uh, i'm not sure if it's mentioned that i have kind of a, a second leg that i built over the years I'm. Uh, I always like to do sports, of course, coming from Innsbruck, and uh, so I'm a Pilates teacher, yoga teacher, and also fitness trainer. But what I did recently, which is last year, I did also an education as a, a nutrition trainer. So I have this whole portfolio as a health manager, which is my second position in the company. I actually built up the corporate health management for the employees. So we do a whole week of program for them, including all kinds of sports activities, and, you know, talks about all different health topics. We do cooking sessions with our employees. We do um, exercises and, and hiking tours and so on. So they, they really love it. And uh, for us, it's also a social component because a lot of our employees, we have actually in total 54 nationalities within Headquarter Medell. Wow. So when they come to live in Innsbruck, they don't have a social network. And with this corporate health management program, of course, they get to know their colleagues and um get to make friends and do exercise and uh, sports together. And this is also a great value to them. Well, I can tell that over the years that these things have been evolving. You keep evolving and you keep, uh, you keep being um, on top of the subject matter, uh, which also begs the question, which is the first question in the book, uh, the design to change book. Mm -hmm. uh, the question there is a good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. So the question is, would you leave it to chance? I would actually rather leave it to chance, yeah, um, because I'm this type of person who is always uh, curious what's coming, yeah. Uh, of course, I would reply, and this is not leave by chance what I reply, but uh, in, in a personal conversation, probably I would leave it by chance in a business conversation. I love to talk about, as you know, all the creative formats and all the changes that our whole event industry has been going through over the past two years. It's incredible. I don't think that any other um, uh, industry has been going through such a change. So 
here we are and we we all managed all together and I, I think quite well I've just attended the PMCA congress in in Vienna mm -hmm. where it was also about change and where we stand now after two years um, yeah. we need to do a lot of things still but um, I think we all had to adapt very quickly and we did and uh, well change is is really here yeah we we all feel it yeah to me it sounds like because you're always on top of things you you leave the things that you can control not so much to chance you try to kind of get to grip with them so that you can improvise over the top um exactly. i'd like to ask you another question before we dig into that um in, into the, one of these topics further and that's a question What's currently on your horizon of change? That is the the real total shift to sustainability, but not only with my team that we are working on a um, sustainability guide for events, but for our um, participant groups, which is, as you know, it's surgeons and it's really hard <laughs> to convince them to take the train instead of an airplane or that they don't have the choice of two, three, four different kinds of uh, dinners and uh, meat options and so on and so on. So what we thought about, how can we sell sustainability to our stakeholders? It's only by making them feel what's in it for them. And if it's not for them, what's in it for their children or for their grandchildren? Yeah. And that's how we try to, yeah, come up with this sustainability guide, but also including our participants. And this is the biggest thing that I have on my plate right now, because being uh, online hybrid and so on, that was already uh, over the past years, and we are quite used in doing this now. Um, mm. People like to meet face to face, but we face in the, in the industry that a lot of clinics have lack of personnel as well. Yeah. So the surgeons, even if they want to travel, they are sometimes not allowed to or they yeah. can't do it because it's too many uh, events again coming yeah. so um yeah it's uh it's it's it has been changing quite a bit since covid but i have to say not everything has changed to make it worse yeah some some things have to be turned out really really well after yeah. covid i think yeah. I think the sense of awareness, like you're saying, and the need for the change to actually happen at all levels, not the internal teams only, but surgeons, any, any of the participants to any of the things you do need yes. that level of consciousness, right? To start off with, and then you can start initiating the change. Yeah. Um, so Sabina, um, as you know, we have a little formula in the Design to Change book. Uh, one of them is we can keep going down uh, this path of uh, design uh, of the horizons of change, right? to talk more about the types of conversations you're having between the event owner and you as an event designer, your team as the event designers. So we can do that or we can spin the wheel um, spin and the see wheel. if we end up somewhere else. Yeah, we're going to spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. I like All that. All right, yeah. excellent. Let's, let's spin the wheel. It might still be the case that we end up on... Uh... There we go. We're spinning the wheel and let's see where we end up here. Perspective. On perspectives. Nice. All right. Perspectives. Right. So let's open up those perspectives and uh, let me pull up the questions for the perspectives mm -hmm. because the perspectives part is actually one of the things that I think we've addressed 
very specifically in the conference we redesigned for you, right? Because mm -hmm. we're looking at some very specific stakeholder perspectives. Exactly, um, and that was fun. It was a lot of fun, right? Mm -hmm. um, let's see if we have the right one here. Here we go, yes. Okay, so a matter of perspective. So the first question here is, what recent conversation did you have that you might have left to chance that you wish you could redo? Was there any conversation that you recently had that you wish you could redo? Wow. Usually I'm, um, well, that may be more in private, probably with friends or so when I yeah. wasn't, uh, when I was too stressed or family yeah. or something. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it, in every conversation, there's something you learn from it. In, there is no positive or negative or no. Well, if I would like to redo a conversation, then probably because I was uh, not treating somebody the way I wanted to, or maybe not by by intention. Hmm. I don't think something comes up into my mind now. No. Mm -mm. Okay. Well, let's let's uh, let's move on to the next one because I think as we're listening to this, I think people listening to the podcast might think of a specific conversation as well from Themselves. their perspective. Exactly. Um, how would you address address risk and reward with your event owner in your next conversation? I would uh, try to make it clear that their comfort and change never coexist. And uh, you need to be brave, you know, and jump out of the box. And uh, even though if you are afraid because people expect this or expect that, let's say, for example, with sustainability, probably we would be uh, impressed how well people take changes sometimes if you explain it well. Yeah. And um, I know that I will have a hard time with my CEO to have the sustainability rolled out also to our customers. So mm -hmm. I will have to prepare this conversation in such yeah. a way yeah. that I also make it clear to her there is no change without... Um, without a risk yeah, yeah. and uh, you have to take this risk otherwise there is no moving forward yeah yeah mm -hmm. i remember that the the event design we did back in 2013 uh, you also addressed some of these risks and rewards right which now may seem like almost a decade ago yes uh, but i remember very clearly because there was a changing dynamic in the marketplace mm -hmm. there was a very specific focus to one of the stakeholder categories that um rose to the top in terms of terms of importance but also um it meant that one of the stakeholder categories had to be uninvited from the event which i think is an example that always sticks to my mind mm -hmm. because it almost like when those two stakeholders are in the same room there would be kind of like an interference maybe between the functioning of these two groups of people or these two categories of uh, stakeholders yeah um and i remember when you addressed that going back to your event owner um, it was such a like a you know it was a harsh reality or it's like something we it was so clear from the design that we discovered as we went through it. How did that make you feel when you presented that back to her um, when when the design was completed? Do you remember that moment? I remember, and I remember that um, she was probably also yeah not that much in favor of it in the beginning, but yeah. then she let us do yeah. yeah. 
And uh, I think we explained it to her quite well, why we needed to do this and why we needed to have only this stakeholder group, because the whole event design would not work otherwise. And uh, I think she, she understood and that's why she, she kept going with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And but then you, so, so you stuck to your design, which might not always have been the most popular choice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How did that how did that work out for the actual event and for the subsequent events? Can you share that a little bit? Yes, I mean the whole thing from the design and why we wanted this stakeholder group to be solely among their peers it it turned out to be a real success because it it was happening exactly as we anticipated it. They really spoke up, they really felt like it's about them. I remember this uh uh, nice um, canvas um, painting that is behind me on the wall yeah. uh, where it really says uh, oh wow this event was all about me um, yeah. and we completely succeeded in what we wanted right I mean it it felt strange probably for some of the other stakeholders when the invitation went not to them but to their uh, other people in the clinic yeah. but uh in the end, I think everything was accepted. So that's why what I say, uh, you have to try, yeah, and you have to dare and try, and uh, and see what's happening. I mean, it could have gone wrong in such a way that some of this uh, of these participants would have to be accompanied by their other mm-hmm. partners of the clinic, but yeah. it didn't actually. Yeah, so it was probably our communication worked. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the the uh, what I remember is that the analysis was quite thorough, and it was on the walls, right? So I mean, there's no way around it. You could follow the exactly. story and see the outcomes in the in the final event canvas, and mm-hmm. I remember that moment very clearly because that's exactly what led us to develop something in the next step that we hadn't been using in that first event design, which was the stakeholder alignment canvas, mm-hmm. which has a lot to do with you know selecting the stakeholders to delight. Mm-hmm. You know, which ones to inform, which ones to satisfy, and which ones to ask to cooperate, mm-hmm. um, which is an important evolution when you get a more complex stakeholder environment. And I think it's mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's thanks to the work we did with you on that that we got those insights. And I think this mm-hmm. is what's so exciting after a lot of years of doing this with different types of companies. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, I think that first design was very like very paramount and very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you for that to you and your team, because you guys were very diligent in applying yeah. the methodology that was still in the very early phases, right? We hadn't really, there was no facilitation kit. You weren't, we actually no. prototyped the facilitation kit with you guys later. Yes. It was still a game at the time. And then you told us, but there's no winners or losers. So it's not a game. No, <laughs> no but the thing was really that I gave this presentation afterwards. Remember in uh, somewhere in Barcelona, I think on a conference, the yeah. guinea pig that I was the guinea pig with this program uh, yeah. for you guys. Yeah. But I think it needs people like that. Otherwise, there's exactly. no progress. Right. And uh, well, I, I had the self-confidence uh, also in front of my CEO. That is like a second mom to me. I told you that already yeah. <laughs> uh, to stand up for it and say, well, let's try this. Right. And it, it worked out well. Yeah. Well, you sound like you have, you know, over the years developed that role of being a trusted advisor to your event owner, right? So, yeah. Uh, but even for you, it was challenging to <clears throat> to ask them to see it like we did, right? So, which is this next question, mm-hmm. um, which is what question would you ask to see to see it like they do, right? So, mm-hmm. you're 
your event owner, your company's owner, right, basically has this idea. Mm -hmm. You need to stand from their perspective looking at the event design and you have mm -hmm. your opinion about after having done your homework with your team, coming up with multiple prototypes, having done the analysis. Yes. I mean, what kind of question do you remember? What kind of questions you ask to see it like they do? Like your event owner? Well, the thing is always, she always uh, tries to please uh, of course, our our uh, participants, yeah, which yeah. is in in many many cases, it's friends and 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 surgeons and uh, international high level uh, surgeons or mm. clinic heads. Uh, however, and I would always, I I would not ask questions. Maybe I would try to make her think, our CEO think, it was her idea in the end, mm. yeah. Um, well, the thing is that we all know everybody likes to play. And we had, for example, in India, we had a conference where we had a, um, how do you call it? Uh, the, the, the little cars, the matchbox cars that yeah, go on a, yeah. on a the miniature highway, cars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on a highway that you can use the, the stick. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was for surgeons, right? And you would okay. say, wow, you can never do this childish thing for surgeons. And yeah. it was the most popular booth we ever had everybody was crowded on our booth trying yeah. to do these yeah. car races yeah. yeah and it's i think sometimes it's just little tiny things where you can get proof that maybe what you think what they want is not even correct or it's not even right all the time yeah, yeah. yeah. and i would try to maybe not ask her but try to get proof sometimes uh, to convince her see it's it's maybe not the way that we think. Yeah, and I like that where you are you're almost like rapid prototyping and testing these things in real life. Where mm. it's all about the evidence base on the one side, but also on daring to do to break the mold and and go into a different direction to see if the right desired outcome comes out better. Right? Or, yeah, yeah. But I like the thing that always put yourself into the shoes of somebody else. Yeah. Okay um see it through their eyes and hear it through yeah. their ears and everything that we learned in your uh, prototyping and i use that a lot even in our team conversations i try to also educate the team in such a way that they always think what the others may may see and think and hear yeah and it, it helps a lot with uh, empathy of course it's called yeah. empathy the mapping anyways but yeah. it's really nice yeah it works yeah, and it helps people to transplant themselves into somebody else's kind of position, right? Just yeah. just for a moment, just for maybe an hour. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm um, I'm always quite impressed by how, let's say, over a long stretch of years, you've been able to at this company keep innovating. You know, not just in the event space with your team, but also you know in your corporate health management program. I think you lay the foundations for the culture of the organizations through it, right? We sometimes mm -hmm. say. Show me an organization's event and I'll tell you about their culture. Mm -hmm. uh, we were able to not just do the event design with you, but also see the event up close when it was held in Amsterdam back in uh, 2013 okay. or was it 14? I forget the exact year. Yeah. Um, and being able to see the actual outcome of, you know, the design principles where we went, you know, from small to large. And there was, there was a number of very specific design elements that we saw come to life. And that was where the proof was delivered of whether it worked or not, right? And, exactly. Uh, yeah. I want to thank you for taking those bold choices 
uh, mm. standing by them. <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, also for being uh, enthusiastic, you know, and uh, trying out new things. Because um, without you having this uh, thought of, you know, this whole canvas and this uh, uh, event design thing, I wouldn't have known about it. And um, yeah, so that's how we got together, talked about yeah. it in IBTM in Barcelona someday. and then. Yeah. Yeah, that's where in we 2012 and then in 2013 we did the design work and yeah. the next year you delivered the event and and it's interesting how I think um, those seeds of I mean we didn't leave that to chance although you know it, it was kind of by chance that we ran into each other at the trade show and we were showing this event canvas I think of the nuclear security summit and you go I don't know what it is but I know that we need it right <laughs> it yeah. was like yeah. you, you, you had like this instant kind of reaction to it which I we've recognized it a number of times since, and it's uh, it's a very powerful kind of uh, um, uh, confirmation of the fact that we're on the right track. And nine years later, I think we can confirm that we are hopefully on the right track. And um, yeah. as your team uses it, we're keen to hear those uh, this feedback in the podcast. This also begs the question: um, change sometimes may seem like it's very slow and it's very, you know. Uh, incremental and it's you know you feel like it needs to go faster like you're saying now you're working on this total shift to sustainability um but if you look in hindsight like now nine years later right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can probably see a big change in your organization we've seen change mm -hmm. in, in the environment uh, literally mm -hmm. but also if you look back one year let's say then you notice how big the change is year on year right so mm -hmm. one question i would have for you is would you be willing for us um, to call back on you a year from today mm -hmm. and to look back at, let's say, the shift you're currently making in a sustainability challenge, as well as your corporate health management program and the events you're doing? And mm -hmm. then we could um, reflect on your horizon of change and how the needle has moved, because the sense of progress sometimes requires some time in between yes, to look back and then reflect true. and go, wow, we mm -hmm. did do a lot of things. It didn't yeah. seem like we had the right speed, but... A year later, yeah. you see the big change. Would you be up for yeah. that? Uh, totally. I would love that. Yeah. I would also like to see and evaluate what has been going on over the past year in these projects that I think we need to do and how yeah. fast they, they are going to be. Yeah. I heard in the PMCA Congress that the changes uh, within the next 10 years mm -hmm. are more than over the past 100 years. Yeah. So... It's a lot, a lot of stuff going on everywhere and also in the event industry. Yeah. And um, yeah, I would be happy to see and reflect together with you what happened. Yeah. Well, awesome. Let's let's do that. Doesn't mean we have to wait for a year until we talk again, right? We'll, no, we'll probably have many occasions in between to catch up. Yes, hope so. Um, thank you for that, um, Sabina. And we'll also add some links to the bottom of the podcast that people can review. Um, regarding your organization, your LinkedIn profile, and maybe some of the event designs you've worked on. Uh, thanks for this onstage part. We'll meet each other in a moment backstage. Um, Thank, so you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage.